Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Welcome to another edition of Cavs of the Podcast. I've got uh, Ben Worth here, who is uh, wandering the uh, the streets of Germany, of Berlin. And what time is it there, Ben? Uh, well, right now it's cool because the, we've fall, fallen back, but you guys haven't yet, so it's only a five-hour disparity oh, right okay. now. So it's, it's one sixteen. Yeah. So we were just discussing how much fun this World Series has been. We've got... Uh, uh, Raji Davis is up to the plate for the first uh, at bat of uh, game. What is this game five? So it's uh, game five, man, yeah. it's been hard to uh, divert our attentions from Cavs and uh, Indians and Browns and all that going back and forth. So I'm not a big Browns fan, admittedly, but uh, even having two hyper relevant sports teams right now is is it's a weird experience for a Cleveland fan. Um, and and Ben was commenting how the Cubs are kind of built like an an American League team, and the Indians are kind of built like a traditional National League team. So it's 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 been quite a uh, quite an interesting uh, World Series so far. So it's been a lot of fun. Um, so as far as the Cavs going forward, um, we I don't know if you got to see the ring ceremony and kind of the hoisting of the banner and in any of the first two games, Ben. Any any early impressions? Yeah, man. The ring the ring ceremony was really fun. I didn't think that, that it would actually. I, I so the rings themselves. I didn't really care about the rings, but the banner going up. I didn't assume that I would react to the banner going up, but I really did. Like watching that be uh, lifted to the rafters, I was. It was just strange. It was surreal. Look, I didn't know that next time I'm at the queue that that's going to be up there. I mean, that's it's pretty weird. Yeah, and I, I don't. I mean, it still feels surreal. It feels surreal to be rooting for a champion. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like I've never had that experience before. Like, I've always feel like my entire life been rooting for the underdog. <laughs> so yeah, and now well, I mean and. I wasn't always a Cleveland fan, but even my teams growing up, the only team I ever rooted for that won anything was Duke with uh, Shane Battier was was the one team that that I was a big fan of, and 
that was about it. And now you all hate me because I was a Duke fan, but Duke fan no more. I was going to leave it go, man. I was, was, was going to leave it alone. I was, well, <laughs> all that had to do with, with, with uh, Duke was Duke was a team you had to root for if you were from Alaska because of uh, Carlos Boozer and Trajan uh, Lincoln, so. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. That, makes that, sense. that, that was the only weird yeah, thing. They get to get a pass with But, uh, yeah, I mean, I it was, it, it's been totally surreal. But no pro team I've ever cared about at all has won anything. And they've always kind of seemed to disappoint me. I mean, I, I got a lot more mileage of rooting against teams like the Spurs and the Lakers and uh, the Bulls <laughs> in the 90s and the 2000s than I did rooting for anyone. So... And and yeah. I kind of love that the Cavs won being the ultimate underdog, even though they had the best player in the universe on their planet, <laughs> they still were the ultimate underdog. So, um, yeah. it's it's been. I, I was uh, I was at Ohio State when they won the national championship in in uh, in the oh three oh two oh three year for the football, and I remember like just. I didn't know what to do because I didn't know how to win, just being from Cleveland. But it didn't touch it. Like maybe if I grew, had grown up in Columbus, I have no idea. But it wasn't even close to. Did the, you go to Ohio State? As it was for the Cats. Yeah, yeah, I went to Ohio State. Okay. So yeah, not even that. It was, huh? it was, I don't know. Yeah. Not even close. Like yeah. just not even close. Like it was. It was kind of just. It was awesome. I mean, that especially that fourteen and zero season was just a crazy season. With yeah. Krenzel at quarterback, I and mean, it was just a crazy season. That was a and, that was a fun you know, storm because they were kind yeah, of underdogs. And, yeah, yeah, and every single game went down to the last second, like the game against the Purdue with the fourth and one. I mean, it was a great, great season, but it wasn't the same kind of like over a whole lifetime and generational buildup, like like the well, Cavs. Well, yeah, and the Cavs. Yeah. I mean, it was really like a two-year just epic battle of. You know, uh, oh, what like two hundred games almost of, yeah. of two years. Yeah. Uh, you know, you had that first uh, were, uh, NBA Finals against the Warriors, and then you had being down three one, and just the one of the greatest comebacks I, in the history of sports. I mean, I I put it to me that and the Red Sox coming back against the Yankees are probably the two greatest comebacks I've ever seen. Um, in, well, in yeah, sports. I mean, the, the other thing that made it so difficult is because the team played so annoyingly so often. So oh, yeah. it wasn't even just, like, the grind of, like, the expectations. So it was just the grind of, like, why are you guys playing like that? And so, like, to that fine, you know, I know well, that both, not of, only both that, of us, we've, we've had trouble. <laughs> yeah. Not only that, I mean, you're playing literally the greatest regular season team in the history of the NBA. Um. You know, yeah. just just strictly going by record, but I mean, it was it it it, it just seemed like an insurmountable task, and it's but also like against a team that played basketball in the way that that I know a lot of us wanted the Cavs to try to play basketball, and so it was, it's this interesting thing is that for so long the Cavs played a, a style of like a brand of ball that just was not efficient and not appealing, and it just it wasn't even enjoyable to necessarily watch the process. <laughs> it was so easy to, to to rip apart all of it, right? Right. And then and when it finally, yeah, it's totally it's like the old saying. That to the Indians, you, it's the old saying. You don't want to watch this. You want to. You don't want to know how the sausage gets made. <laughs> it was, it was, yeah. it was a, a lot of like watching the Cavs at times during the regular season when 
you know, they're going through their growing pains. Kyrie was learning how to be a defender. I mean, LeBron was learning how to adapt his skills to his teammates. Uh, Kevin Love was learning how to channel confidence while being subtweeted, you know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. and how to GQ model, yeah, all of that kind of stuff. But it's it's crazy because I think that the feeling of that, I know it was the first three games – of this season, like I was a, you know, going into the season, I thought, all right, the, the team doesn't need to win anything more than 50 games, maybe, as long as they just make it into the playoffs. And I thought maybe they would win a lot more than that. And I loved your, your epic uh, prediction in the, in the, you know, the preseason prediction for the Cavs. And what would you pick, like 87 and zero? And no, like seven I picked. Titles uh, in one year? I picked 84 or 74 and eight. What one game ahead? 74 and eight. Yeah. The Warriors' record last year. So. You know, and it was funny because a lot of us like looked at it and were like, oh, that would be charming. That would be nice. At the same time, with this, I mean, this this has such a different feel. This team has, yeah. has a completely different feel than the as it did last year. And they just seem, LeBron is in full Magic Johnson mode. Mm-hmm. Like, just full, like that that bounce pass, baseline bounce pass for, for what was it, uh, J.R. Did, or did Dunleavy in the oh, last game? That, like, in the corner. Like, well, I watched it on replay <laughs> three times. I think it looks like it was between Vucevic's legs. Like Vucevic, it was actually underneath his leg. And he, (laughs) I mean, it's so insane when you watch it on replay, you go like, he had zero window to get that through. And it it went through. So... He must have been watching a lot of Kruber, like Andrew Miller, like curveball or slider or whatever, that that hard slider. Yeah, and, and I just feel like... I mean, I don't know if you read my recap from last night, but um, the one thing that I saw at the end of the game was they put uh, LeBron and Kyrie on the left wing on the strong side, and then they put three shooters on the other end of the other side of the court, and Orlando was defending the strong side with three guys on two players, and all Cleveland had to do was just set up the right uh, play for J- for one of their shooters, and Jr. got a wide open look, and that that you know that yeah. was the play that clinched the game. And when those two guys are on the floor and they have three shooters with him, the Cavs are a beast to defend. And then you, if you don't have those three shooters, and you've got say Tristan Thompson, you've got okay, you've got him dive into the rim but you've also got any ball with those guys out there can be an offensive rebound you know and and they're just a bear to defend and we've seen you know kevin love so far on the offensive rebounds has been pretty solid so far too so and he's he's looked like a different guy oh the monkey is off his back jeez yeah he, and it's turned into muscle. The muscle, like the monkey, has melted into to his biceps and the shoulder. I mean, the guy, he looks, he looks so bouncy. His his second jump is is better than I've seen since he's been on the Cavs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's just it's like his arms look longer somehow. It's crazy. Oh, and his individual defense looks so much better uh, than I yeah. mean, he he's actually become a competent help defender. Um, He's taking the challenge one on one. He doesn't get intimidated, and and I think half of being a one on one defender is having the confidence of like, okay, 
I think it's so much of a confidence thing. I think once you let it get in your head, you're already beaten. You know what I mean? So, I mean, yeah, and he, yeah. his confidence on both ends of the court is, is really been tremendous so far. And, and it's funny because he hasn't been shooting very well the first three games. He's, his field goal percentage is only 38%, but he just is so confident. And plus, he's getting to the line a ton and making 87% of his free throws. So it's, it's, yeah. It's definitely. Well, I think. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say. I think it's most important to remember that Kevin Love, career-wise, has never shot a high percentage. It's kind of uh, we, we often think that since he's been on the Cavs that he's he's shot a really really poor percentage comparatively to what he was before, and he has been lower than he was in his best years in Minnesota. But he's only a forty-four percent career shooter from the field. Like it's not like he's uh, he's he shot sixty percent ever. So I mean. So yeah, like this kind of when he's shooting, like he's you know he's what is it thirty eight, thirty nine percent so far this year in, in small sample. Like yeah, I, the all of the other stuff as long as he's shooting a decent percentage from from three over a large sample and he's getting offensive rebounds and getting to the line like like you're saying, uh, you know I just I, I'm pleased with what he's doing. It's, it's that, oh yeah, that second, and with, with Kevin, it's that second bounce. It's definitely more important. Raw shooting isn't nearly as important as like. Uh, um, <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. Are you, are you bowling? Did you just get a strike? <laughs> uh, I think I think I broke a beer bottle with my foot that was underneath my table. I've been watching a lot of baseball, so there's there's okay. uh, there's beer bottles under my table. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice, and uh, yeah. So one of the things. Yeah, so his true shooting percentage, where it's you know a combination of his free throws and his, his three point percentage and his uh, and his uh, shooting from the field is always is what the number you got to look at, and, and it is low this year, but he he is a very effective floor stretcher for his size, and then absolutely, and then LeBron's just been you know utility knife LeBron so far, just able to do anything he wants on a basketball court and. The team just seems to know where to go so much better, and they're getting him in great positions to pass over the defense. The, the, those cross court passes he's making right now are ridiculous. So it, it's it's a beautiful thing. I mean, yeah, he he's also dropping. He's he's made these wonderful bounce passes in transition, like these hitting the like leading the guy through traffic. Two bounce pass. He made one beautiful bounce drop to, to Richard Jefferson yesterday. I think he then he, he swung it over to the corner, and that was a missed three. But it was just like that, that breaking down the defense with these lead bounce passes. I mean, LeBron's bounce or his passes in general have been insane. That's what I mean by like the, the Magic Johnson. Uh, yeah. Well, and you remember when Andy was in the Cavs at the beginning of last season, and LeBron just had so many telegraph bounce passes on the pick and roll. And they were yeah. getting picked off left and right, and we just aren't seeing those at all this year. Um, yeah. His his passing. There's just too much spacing. Yeah. His passing's been beautiful, and the Cavs. I mean, the shooters that they can put out on the floor between Dunleavy and Jefferson and J.R. Smith and Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving. Uh, did I leave anyone out? I'm sure I did. Channing Fry. Uh, who's who's missed the last couple of games? But yeah, just really, they're so loaded when it comes to shooting, and they put a premium on it, and it shows. I mean, even Shumpert 
is 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 shooting pretty well so far. So, um, anything yeah. else that uh, you've been seeing uh, offensively, defensively for the Cavs that you want to comment on? Well, I think what they're doing is they all they're all finding that that empty space on the weak side, and so they're you know part of these great these passes that are coming from LeBron. Uh, comes from great floor balance on the weak side and knowing when to fill the spot. And so, you know, that is always fluid. And, you know, you're supposed to find the opposite corner spot and the opposite wing spot and the, and the top of the key, depending on where the, the strong set action is happening. But when they're moving into those spots and how LeBron's leading them into those spots with passes and, and you know, Kyrie too sometimes, it's a, it's a coordination that that is just so much better than, than I've seen it in a regular season consistency wise. I mean, um, so they're doing, they're a lot of doing a lot of off, off, uh, like weak side screening with that as well. That's kind of subtle rub screens and diving oh, yeah. to the, to the basket off ball, which then pops up in the top or the opposite wing three ball is almost always open because they're getting these backdoor cuts to the, to the cup that the defense has to uh, cover and then these, these opposite wings are so wide open that then they're running out desperately and it's leading the corner shots open it. I mean, it's just yeah, the, and the then shooting the ball just the swings on the floor. It, the ball just swings then until it finds yeah. the open shooter. So, yeah. No, yeah. It's, it's and, been, and they're doing a good job of bouncing that back to, to Kyrie and then letting him work one-on-one like we've always you know wanted him against a scrambled defense without any help D behind him. And he's, and he's working faster into his move. So... It's it's going as well as your seventy four and eight prediction would entail, <laughs> even though the last two games have been pretty close. Although I, I'll say against Orlando, it was one of those they took their foot off the pedal and just Orlando ate up the space, and then okay, Cleveland was like, okay, now we got to win this, which I don't love that yeah. formula. I, I want to see them I, as as I wrote this morning. 39 minutes for LeBron on the back end of a back-to-back, even if it is still in October, is is not a great long-term solution. But uh, I think they'll kind of figure that out. And I think Channing Frye going out so early and, you know, Iman Shumpert in and out with the concussion and that kind of thing has kind of jumbled up the rotations a little bit so far. And I think Ty Luce feeling out, you know, where he can get contributions from so far what the other thing i've been just super impressed with is there's no hesitation getting into their sets now um there yeah. i mean that ball when it's a post up that ball goes into the post quickly they run that cross screen uh along the baseline to get kevin lover lebron open on on both sides on the right and left block and it comes quickly and the ball gets delivered and then Admittedly, they haven't been playing defensive juggernauts so far, but uh, it's def- it's definitely been a very crisp offense. Um, and defensively, I haven't been loving everything I've been seeing. Uh, they've gotten out-rebounded the last couple games. Um, and I feel like they're going away from Tristan a little too often because uh, Tristan, I've really been impressed with his defense at times the last two games and when they lose their focus, like they did against Toronto and again, it's Orlando, you know, we see old Kyrie come back and we see, uh, just 
kind of have some bad habits. You see some guys get wide open shots that shouldn't get wide open shots. So I, but part of that is, is a complacency born of being up by 20 points. So, so we'll, we'll see kind of how the season plays out. Uh, some of these things we're seeing with, so I want to play a little game with you and, uh, uh, talk about, um, some of these things we're seeing. Uh, the game is outlier or trend, kind of in keeping with uh, Tom Pestak's post from late last week. Uh, with Ooh, the head- so I, so I know. He'd be, so pr- he'd be so proud of you because you said Cavs the podcast. I did. I know. I did it on purpose. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I don't yeah. tell him I did that, though. I got a reputation to maintain. <laughs> I, I did it. I did it because it's uh, the World Series is on. I didn't want to jinx it. So. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, yeah, like everybody knows that we are recording this while while the series. Oh, that was a great catch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> while, that, while the series is on. <laughs> oh, so you are a few seconds behind me. So uh, when you uh, that probably you'll see something here in a minute that's pretty awesome. So, <laughs> okay, okay, back, back, back to back to gas, back, back, back to, to the, the game. Gas. So, <laughs> when you see it, just let me know. And uh, so, yeah, a little uh, trend uh, I like to call outlier or outlier trend, a little game. So the first thing, and it's not all going to be Cavs. Uh, we've got the Chicago, the two and zero Chicago Bulls, uh, posting a plus eleven and a half win differential over um, their opponents. Uh, are the 2-0 Bulls a trend or an outlier? I don't know Whoa. if you've gotten to watch any, going... any highlights or seen any stats or anything, but uh, I, I've been a little bit impressed. I've been a little bit impressed. I'm not going to lie. You know, I'm, I'm a Bulls hater in general, but it's uh, it was their old generation. I mean, this is a, just a drastically different team. If they're going to get that much shooting out of McDermott, uh, which, you know, they needed to get that kind of – that was really their only shot. They're going to have to get shooting from their front court in order to balance their back court. But uh, did someone just – did he just go yard? Did I just go yard? He just went yard. Ramirez just oh, went yard. Yeah. Okay, rewind. Oh, <laughs> oh my God, I love this team. This team is so much fun. They're kind of like I gotta say though, they're, they're a little bit the anti-Cavs in that they're there's not really the same kind of star power. They play exactly the right way, and they're like bigger than the sum of their parts in a way that the Cavs never were until the finals. Oh, I'll, I'll totally agree with that. And and the other thing is, is like you just don't know aside from the pitching. But offensively, you just don't know how the contributions are going to come any given night. Yeah, yeah. Which, which is like a lot of Perez, fun. like, how, yeah. how did that happen? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Perez great. has I, had I just funny. two monster playoff games. And then I love yeah. the game the other night. They, they, have Perez, uh, they have Perez pinch hitting with nobody on. And... <laughs> And he bunts, and or not pinch hitting, but hitting with nobody on, and he bunts. And I'm like, didn't the guy have two home runs in, you know, earlier yeah, in the yeah. series in one game? Why are you having a bunt with no one on? So I mean, it's it, the team can do anything at any time. So it, it's it's yeah. a little bit crazy. So yeah, Ramirez went yard, and he actually went 
Uh, I accidentally stopped recording there for a tiny second, so I'd, I just asked you whether the bulls were an outlier or a trend, and I, I, I kind of skipped your response there for a second. Uh, but then we got into the, the tribe. But uh, you were saying the shooting of McDermott's really balanced out. Um, they have a lot of depth, a lot more depth than I thought they would have. I mean, Dwayne Wade playing really well so far. Uh, Jimmy Butler, Taj Gibson, Doug McDermott, and even Isaiah Kanan. Uh, they, they've they got five guys with a PER over 20 right now as a team. And then add Ray John yeah. Rondo to that, who has been a really good facilitator. And they've, they've been sneaky good. And I kind of really feel like, especially especially for a guy like Jimmy Butler, having a professional like Dwayne Wade as your best player, as your kind of locker room leader, as opposed to Joachim Noah and um, Derek Rose, is got to be kind of a sea change in terms of how you go about handling yeah. your business. And say what you want about Dwayne Wade on the court, is he can be irritating and flop for flowers and all that kind of, But off the court, there's no way he'd have been able to play at the level that he's played at for as long as he have has if he was just not an absolute professional. I mean, the guy takes care yeah. of his body. Yeah. He doesn't do stupid stuff off the court. Uh, he's a leader in... Yeah, that is definitely rubbed off on those guys. And Dwayne Wade shooting a ridiculous number from three uh, so far. He's four for six on Thursday the other night. Yeah, so what is that? So and he's shooting he's him in free season. But, yeah. Well, all right. So if you think about it, which is, you know, he had the three ball going in the playoffs last year for, for some of the time. Um He's always been money in the mid-range, so it doesn't make a lot of sense that he's been so awful behind the arc. Yeah. Uh, a lot of that was what kind of threes you, were, you took before. I think being with Rondo, Rondo can give guys better threes than, than maybe they get otherwise. And if you're going to get a good version of Rondo, like a focused, working hard on defense, Rondo who looks in shape uh, and, and Wade's in shape, then, yeah, I mean, it's – it's not horribly surprising that they're playing pretty well. I don't think, you know, Wade's not going to shoot 66% for the season, obviously. Um, but I think, you know, Robin Lopez playing the kind of defense that he, and like just doing the dirty work and guys playing up to their potential. Um, yeah, I mean, I might have to think, I was thinking they'd be a 40 type win, uh, you know, team. If they stay healthy and McDermott keeps shooting the ball, I mean, yeah, they're probably leaning more toward 45 and 50, between four. Well, and they got a lot of depth in the front court. I mean, they go Taj Gibson, Miritich, Robin Lopez, uh, Doug McDermott, and then, you know, they still have Bobby Portis off the bench and Felicio. Well, let's figure that. Yeah, Felicio. I like Felicio. I mean, he's he's, he's, Portis and Felicio, you know, those are really talented young players. So Mm -hmm. they have some room for growth. And then they have Denzel Valentine coming in. So it's not as if. That it's a team of scrubs. Plus, you've got Michael Carter Williams, who, you know, I made the point of maybe best case Michael Carter Williams is kind of a more athletic Sean Livingston as he moves on later into his career. You know, a facilitator, mid range guy. Yeah. You don't think so? You don't I got to so? stop you, man. He's, he's, he's never going to be as good as Sean Livingston. Okay. Sean Livingston. 
I mean, you know, he's he's not as he's not quite as his release point isn't as high. He doesn't have that like really deft touch around you know that mid range. Yeah. His athleticism, you know, he's an athletic guy, but I mean, he's not Sean Livingston's athleticism even post knee problem. Okay. Uh, and I think just mentally, he just doesn't have that kind of floor command. I just don't. Know. I think he can be a, a, a maybe an Evan Turner light. That's that's what his goal should be. <laughs> like try to be try to be eighty percent of Evan Turner, and maybe we'll be all right. But that's maybe because I just hate his game. Yeah, so. I I feel like he's completely got to remake his game to become a an effective NBA player. So you know, moving on from the Bulls a little bit. Uh, so let me let me think of a good one here. Uh, Kevin Love, twenty point per game scorer. Trend or outlier? I'm going to go trend. You're going to go trend. You think the Cavs are going to have three 20-point scorers? I do because I think LeBron's number. I think LeBron has decided he's going to do he's going to do the magic thing. I don't think he's going to be around 25 points a game. I think he's going to be closer to 21 and uh, and be around 10 assists for the whole season. I think you know that's that's his his goal there. I think, and uh, I don't think necessarily that that Irving's going to be at 25 either. And so 1920 for love, I can see it. Well, and with the amount of shots he's been getting, if his percentages tick up a little bit, it's going to be higher than that. So yeah, Yeah. Yeah. perfectly a viable option. Here is the next question. Iman Shumpert, backup point guard trend or outlier. Uh, I don't think he's played backup (laughs) point guard since, you know, yeah, and any of the minutes that he's pretending to put back report point guard, you know what I mean? So, yeah. then, you know, so I guess trend in terms of if that's what we're gonna we're gonna run out lineups that don't involve a point guard, then yeah, <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna be a guy on the floor. He's not a point guard. Okay. Yeah. No. And I I've seen some some tragic plays from him so far, but uh, his shooting looks better. He's a better finisher. Um, I just. He gets tunnel vision as bad as anyone I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, Kay Felder, uh, who had a very brief stint and plus 10 in like five minutes uh, the other night, uh, is he, you know, Kay Felder, nice game the other night, even though he only scored one basket. Trander outlier. Well, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Are you going to continue continue to score one basket per game? What's the question? I don't know. No, the question is, is, is <laughs> I guess, I guess the question is, is, is his role going to increase? I was trying to fit the question of the game rather than just asking you a question. Is his role going to increase, or is we just going to see maybe five, six minutes here and there? Uh, I can't. I can't imagine it increasing too much, actually, because I, I just think the length, the flexibility that they can go with their ball handling and overall skill set. Because uh, you know Jefferson is a skilled, skilled player. Dunleavy is a very skilled wing with the ball. Uh, those guys can guard twos and threes and, and you know various lineups depending on who yeah. they're trying to guard. It's really uh, hard Shumpert, to you know, the one the size. Yeah, the sacrifice the size and sacrifice the shooting, it just it undermines a lot of what the Cavs, you know, the huge advantage of, of what they can do with those guys on the floor is, is mitigated with a guy like Felder in one of that's one of those spots. So uh, I'm gonna go outlier as to, if we're gonna say his contribution, you know, being continued. 
Okay. I'm going to I'm going to go trend. I think uh I think he's going to keep uptaking a little bit and I see a role for him uh maybe 12 minutes a night. And where I see the role for him is you put him in at the end of the first and third quarters. And one thing I really like about okay. him, he gets the team the ball up and into the offense very quickly. He's very fast and yeah. if he can get the ball up and get a team into its sets quickly uh that puts pressure on the other team's defense and also pressure the ball uh i just feel like against you know more tired starters and second line guys he he can have an impact and he can have a role uh maybe not every night but you know maybe throw him out there for 10 minutes and and see what he can give you uh at times especially in the dog days of the season i i think he will have a role so i i'm gonna go trend the Sorry, thing that concerns me about him is that defensively, you know, besides just the fact that, that he's just too small, uh, he has a tendency to turn and watch the ball after a shot goes up. He just turns and watches. He doesn't find a guy to box out. He doesn't to, to look for the angle to see where it's going to ricochet. He literally just turns and looks at the ball. And as a small guy, you know, you have to put your body on a guy to help the team rebounding because you just you got to do that. It doesn't matter how, how big you are as a guard. You have to, to team rebound, box out. And if he doesn't start doing that with regularity, I wouldn't give him big minutes. Okay. Yeah, and, and Kyrie was real guilty of that early in his career. Um, and so yeah. hopefully hopefully Kay can pick up that. Okay, so here's a another one. The one-and-one one, uh, Golden State Warriors trend or outlier. That's a trend. I don't think they're nearly as good as, as we thought they'd be. Um, Interesting. I don't think, you know, they're still going to win 60-plus games, of course, blah, blah, blah. But the the problem with them is that, that Green is, is too small. And Green has always been too small. But there's a certain kind of team that can attack them now. Uh, you know, I mean, there are only a few teams that can do it. The Spurs are one of them. The guys who can go big against them but big with spacing. So when you put the Spurs, you know, that kind of lineup with Gasol and Aldridge at the at the five and four, those guys are huge, but they also can shoot and they can shoot to the three point line. So they're not uh, they're not cramping the spacing and the driving uh, you know, for their guards, but they also can crash the offensive glass and they can just bully ball. I mean, Aldridge owns Draymond Green. And he is consistently on Draymond Green. And I think when you have, if they're going to go small and they're going to go to, you know, somebody as thin as, as Durant, who does a great job off ball defensively, uh, playing that kind of stretch five, that small five like he did with the Thunder, if you're playing him next to Green, both of these kind of like undersized four or five weak side defenders, somebody's got to be on ball. And I, I think it's going to be a problem for them, especially when they're going to have to hide Curry at some point size and strength wise. I just, I think they're not strong enough to, to do the damage that, you know, we, we sometimes think they should have done. They're, they're, they're not going 75 and, and seven. I, I will agree. They're not going 75 and seven. And, you saw in the two games the one thing that was the big difference in get, in their second game victory, Kevin Durant rebounded. 
And for that team to win, Kevin yeah. Durant's got a rebound. Yeah. And he didn't have yeah, to do like, that every 16 night. 16 or 17 or something like that. Yeah. yeah, he didn't have to do that every night with the Thunder. But he's going to have to do that every night with the Warriors because they are not big enough. Pachulia is not spry enough. And they're not playing any of their young bigs so far. You know, Draymond Green can't do it all. And Kevin Durant's got to get in there and get some rebounds. So it, it's not going to happen. Yeah. If he's not a rebounder, and I don't think he wants to do that every game, and I don't, if I was the the Magic, or I'm sorry, the Warriors, I wouldn't want him to do that every game. You know, I don't, he's right. a guy that, you know, has had his health problems in the past, so I feel like they need to make a move, or one of their young guys has got to step up and be a solid contributor, one of their young bigs, and I don't know if any of those guys are ready to do that. And you talked a lot. Well, I just sorry, go ahead. I just don't understand what the deal with McAdoo is. Sometimes that guy comes in, he looks great, and then he just gets buried. I wonder what Kerr's thinking about with that, like what, what the deal is. Do you know anything about that? I don't understand it either. I, I don't understand some of the lineups they run up. I mean, they are feel like they're going even smaller this year at times, uh, especially yeah. in that first game against the Spurs, and they don't – and I will say one thing uh, – that you know you can you can make all the jokes that you want about the guy that went to Dallas. You know uh, his name is escaping me right now. Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes, but he was very good at guard. Well, and course. and Bogut for all of that. Yeah, I mean, and, Bogut's yeah. a lot more athletic. Oh, and Bogut was an absolute banger inside, and a guy that set debilitating screens on defenders that yeah. that got players open. Um, and he was a banger. And Draymond could guard any four in the league. Not Draymond, but uh, Harrison Barnes could guard almost all fours in the league. He he is built like a power forward on defense and plays more like a three on offense. So he was he was a kind of a nice combo yeah. for them. So I I don't see and Kevin Durant isn't that guy. He's not big enough. He's not thick enough to play all the fours in the league every night. So but also. They're also losing the, the lob option. So within with Azili yeah. and with Bogut, they had two guys who really on the on the dive and the pick and roll, all you had to defend against the lob. Yeah, they were great and, outside divers. Yeah, exactly. And and now nobody can catch a lob, or at least the guys that they're playing right now can catch a lob. If they're gonna be playing, you know, Petrulia and, and Andy, who's nobody's catching a lob on a dive game. So yeah, I, I, again, I just don't understand why they're not playing McAdoo. If I were, or you know, something's got to be going I mean, on. I, I hate to say it, but Javale McGee is a guy that's going to put pressure on the backside of the offense or the backside of the defense. Yeah, yeah. Now, the one thing that totally. uh, Azili and especially Bogut were great at was catching that lob, and if that wasn't there, bringing it down and just swinging the ball immediately. I mean, Bogut, fantastic passer, and could hit guys at the wing. Yeah. And could see over the defense, and none of their bigs now have that ability. So it, it's definitely going to be interesting, uh, you know. And speaking of that, three and O Spurs trend or outlier? And I'm going to go first trend, on trend. this. Uh, that's a trend. <laughs> Sorry. No, I'm going to go first. No, yeah, that's fine. I mean, there there's some questions within there, but Kawhi Leonard just an absolute beast so far this year, posting a 39 per. 28 points a game, four rebounds, almost four assists, primary ball handler, 
where did that come from? Primary ball handler in like half their offensive sets, running pick and rolls. Uh, there's nothing right now the guy can't do in terms offensively or defensively in the NBA. Um, no. He's still a top five player, and you know, in my game, he he is in the he's in the top four, top three for sure. So, uh, Marcus Aldridge looks a lot more comfortable. Jonathan Simmons kind of came from out of nowhere to be a contributor. Patty Mills just playing with a ton of confidence, and then they've got all these guys, and you go, who the hell is this guy, Nicholas Lapravitola? You know, where, where yeah. the hell did he come from? <laughs> uh, yeah, and they, they're the Spurs, man. I yeah. love it. They... I mean, David Lee looks spry again. What is up with that? <laughs> well, if you think about it, but that's just like a straight trade, David Lee for, for David West at this part of, you know, David West's career. Like, David Lee had a little bit of rest over the last few years, minute-wise, and it does have a little bit of spring, a little bit more range. Um, I mean, David West has money from the mid-range, but he doesn't go any further up than that, and I think David Lee has, some, has a shot at, at taking another step or two. Um, but more than anything, I mean, yeah, it's just Kawhi Leonard, to me, LeBron's the best player in the world. I, I really think Kawhi Leonard's the second best player in the world. If you take both those guys at the top of their game. Oh yeah. I mean, um, yeah, Kawhi so, is just yeah, unbelievable. I, yeah, and so if you know LeBron, like a lot of people are speculating, decides that he really, really wants that that fifth MVP, and he he knows maybe the way to do it is to to average twenty two, ten and nine, or ten and ten, or whatever then uh, maybe LeBron gets another one. But I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if, if Kawhi gets the, gets the MVP this season. And, you know, a lot of, up until the very end of last season, he was my vote until the last month of the season when, when Curry really did take it over. Yeah, and so along with that, uh, Jonathan Simmons, trend or outlier, I mean, where did he come from? Why is it trend? He had a he had a really nice run last season as yeah. well, and then somehow he kind of just fell out of the, uh, the rotation towards the to the middle end of the season. But first half of the season, he was getting big minutes and he was playing really well. So it was to say that doesn't happen again. But uh, he's he's produced every time that he's been put in there over the last two years. So trend, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, the, and they're a fun team to watch. I mean, I I've been watching some of their highlights. They are really really talented. It seems like. Uh, Patty Mills is kind of taken over. He may not be the starter, but he seems to be the top guard in terms of minutes right now over Parker. And and but Parker is still a contributor. Part. Sorry, go ahead. Parker right now has a four point six five per. Is averaging six and a half and three, and they're just killing people. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's <laughs> just crazy. Um, so along with that, um, have you seen Joel Embiid at all? Trend or outlier? I have. Uh, trend. I think he will continue to look more impressive than he produces. Okay. So so this season, uh, you know, it, part of the thing is that everybody is just shocked. and We've kind of forgotten just how good he was and all of the stuff, all the reason why he was in the running for the number one overall pick, despite all the injury risks. I mean, the dude is insanely talented. Um but he still doesn't rebound. He doesn't. He doesn't really play defense in a uh, focused way. Uh, and you know, he's a young player, and that he'll learn. And he fouls a lot. But 
and he doesn't yeah, really have. Yeah. Although having Sergio there has been good for him. Um. Uh, but yeah, I he doesn't play as big as his size, so. Uh, in a, uh, so the next one, the two. I don't know if you've watched him at all, but uh, the two and O Lakers, Trender Outlier. I have watched the Lakers a little bit just because I'm always I'm partial to D'Angelo Russell. I'm sorry, Russell, the two and O Clippers. And I, like, I apologize, two and O Clippers. Yeah, I was gonna say because Lakers are they're one and one, right? Yeah, they're one and one. I I got my LA teams confused. Okay. Uh, the Clippers I haven't watched actually because I just hate Chris Paul so much. Oh, I hate, I hate I, the whole I respect team. His game. <laughs> yeah, I just it's just I can't watch Doc Rivers. Like if I have to watch those guys, I do for just like research purposes. <laughs> but it's just, right, like, exactly. You're scouting for your team. Yeah. <laughs> I, really, yeah. I mean, just for like this knowledge of the NBA, I watch those I watch those guys every now and then. But good God, they're annoying to watch. But. From all accounts and from the numbers, uh, it looks like Blake is is really is back. Yeah, I'm, I'm going Trent just because of Blake. Yeah, I mean, and but the the same problem they had the last several years. They have no bench, and I mean, you look at that bench. They're probably the best bench player, and and I like him a lot as a player, but he's probably in Bahamute. Then you got Jamal Crawford, the ancient Jamal Crawford. Uh, and then it gets yeah. really thin really quick. Yeah, I mean, they got Ray Felton playing backup point guard, you know, and Austin Rivers playing backup point guard. I mean, that's not. Uh, yeah, I, I like Ray Felton though. I think <laughs> Ray Felton's a good a good guy to bring off the bench. Pass with you know he's just as obnoxious. He's as one of my all time favorite so. fat point guards. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's just one of those guys who's like, I think I'm the best player on the floor, and I don't care. And sometimes he has those those five minute stretches where he is, and it's, it's fun to watch. Um, but yeah, it's a nice team. I, I don't, I still don't see how they can accomplish what they want to accomplish with with that kind of combination up front. But I mean, hey, if if uh, things break correctly, then why not? <laughs> So the two and O Atlanta Hawks, uh, with a twenty three point five point differential so far, trend or outlier? I'm going trend, man. You know, I, I love the umlaut. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bet against them. I thought that they were gonna be at least as good as they were last year, this year, because I, I like the dive potential with Howard and Schroeder is just like you can't keep mile lane. I mean, the guy, he's a little bit like Reggie Jackson uh, in that you think, okay, I'm going to go wonder he's not a great shooter, but he makes just enough to, to punish you from the outside, and you just can't stop him from getting in the lane no matter what you think you can do. He's, you're just not going to stop him. Um, and so he's he's creating a lot of havoc. Even, you know, a lot, he's getting a lot of Kobe assists, um, like the, or, or the, um, just, you know, collapsing with the role man with Howard is actually doing a pretty good job rolling. And then, and then the weak side action is, is coming off of that. So, you know, beating up on the, on the 76ers is no great shake, but they did kill the wizards. And that's, that's pretty impressive actually. Yeah. Well, I actually think they're pretty well constructed as long as everyone stays healthy. Plus they're getting a big bounce back here from Tavo Cephalosha so far who, I still yeah. think last year was still recovering from the injuries from the new uh, <laughs> the New York City Police Department, and then you've got Tim, oh, Tim Hardaway oh, Jr. God, 
<laughs> Tim Hardaway Jr. is having a big year so far, uh, posting a 20 PER, really looking sharp in his first two games. Uh, you got my boy uh, from Cornell, I believe, Mike Muscala. Um, no, I'm sorry, Buck, Bucknell. Sorry, not Cornell, Bucknell. Uh, Mike Muscala, uh, real solid contributions off the bench so far, and I've always always liked his game, his inside-out game. I, yeah. I feel like they've got some sneaky depth. And, you know, then you got Tavares uh, way down there on the bench. So it, I love Tavares. Yeah, I knew you did. I threw that out there for you. So I I feel like <laughs> they're <funny>. a trend. <laughs> um, I, I, don't, I don't see them, you know, toppling any of the top three teams in the, in the East, but I definitely think they're a top four East team. Uh, I think they're going to be better than Boston. I think they got out at the right time on Al Horford. Uh, as weird as it sounds, uh, Dwight Howard's a better fit for that team than Al Horford, especially alongside Paul Millsap. And he's doing the one thing that Al Horford kind of refused to do at times against teams, and that's rebound. And Dwight Howard is yeah. doing a lot of that for them, and they, and they need that. So that, that's going to be a big plus for them. Uh, I mean, sorry. The, that lob threat, that lob threat is just huge, especially in the regular season. It's easy to game plan against the lob threat in the postseason, like we've seen with you know the Delhi to, to Tristan play. Like you can, you can game plan that out. But in the regular season, you got to have guys who roll lob opportunity if you, unless you know everybody's just great shooters on the floor. And uh, Howard provides that, and, and so far he, he looks really engaged and healthy, and that he's still a very good player. Okay, okay. So the next one I'm going to throw at you: Russell Westbrook, 41 points, 12 and a half rebounds, <laughs> nine and a half assists in 41 minutes a game. <laughs> trend or outlier? Uh, trend until he dies. <laughs> <laughs> that might be that might be like in the middle of the game. We, I'm sorry, I don't even want to say that. That's an awful thing to say. But I, mean, I just I love I love his energy. He's going to continue to take 30 plus shots. It's going to be hilarious the whole season. I mean, he's insane. But I he's he insane. just I yeah. I don't know if I've ever <laughs> seen. I I so hope this can continue. And I I don't know if I've ever seen a player that plays just as ridiculously hard as he does every single play, every single night. You know what I mean? Well, you know, especially with that much talent. You know what I mean? A lot, yeah. of, guys, a lot of guys play that hard, but they don't have that talent. But they don't have that, that kind speed. of talent. God, yeah, it's, it's, it's insane. It's just straight insane. It's, it's fun to watch, and also it's kind of frightening to watch and <laughs> all of the things in between. I mean, you, he's got a 34 PER, and he's the only one on his team that even has a PER above 20. I mean, that team is so, and I like Stephen Adams a lot, but that team is so kind of the island of misfit toys, and yet he kind of makes it work. It, it's in a way, it almost reminds me of the first iteration of the Cavs. Uh, championship team, those 2007 yeah. Cavs, where it's just like, not even the, yeah, the 2007 Cavs is a great example because you look at them and you're like, these guys should not be able to beat anybody outside of LeBron, and yet he just does so much, they become bigger than the sum of their parts. I, 
they're going to be fun to watch all year, but I don't just don't know how that pace can continue. <laughs> it's it's insane, and they desperately need more shooting around him, and they don't have it. I mean, well, Victor, they could, they, he could he needs to let the guys shoot. I mean, <laughs> well, well, that's true too, but. Yeah, I mean, they got some guys that could shoot, or they can. They, it's still the, always the, the, the question of every season of why doesn't anybody play Anthony Morrow bigger minutes? Uh, <laughs> but you know, all the people could shoot a little bit. Morrow's a great shooter. Uh, Kyle Signaler theoretically is a shooter. Roberson so is, is throwing in his shot. So <laughs> yeah, they have Elias uh, Elias Silva. I mean, yeah, they have Elias Silva. Yeah. And his canter is an okay shooter. Yeah, I mean, they're they're just such a weird team, but they're so fun to watch from a completely you know frenetic pace sort of thing. I mean, I I I don't know if I've ever seen anybody like him. It, it's it's oh, wow. nuts. What were you saying? How did I miss that they got Jeffrey Laverne? The Joffrey King Joffrey went to them. I didn't I didn't see that. When did that happen? Uh, one of the many, many shakeups in the regular season last year. <laughs> so yeah, he's, I, mean, I, I almost useful. feel almost feel like this last year was almost like watching hockey with as many teams as as moved um, compared to uh, previous seasons. I mean, I, I feel like you need a program at the beginning of every game for some of these teams. I think you just lost lost half of the viewers, man. Hockey, <laughs> what's that? <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it's it's been fun so far. Um, let, let's pick another one. Uh, Sacramento two and one. Trender. I I was really surprised. Uh, they won the other night against uh, Milwaukee. Or no, they Milwaukee beat them. But Sacramento two and one. Trender outlier. Uh, God, it's so hard with them. I'm going to go outlier just because they're Sacramento, and I don't want to be one of those guys who's like gets bitten by that every time. Because um, I just think Rudy Gay is so bad. Like, I just think he's such a bad player. And so, if he's hot and he's part of the reason why that they're winning, I just can't. I can't trust it. If it if it were only you know Boogie going crazy and the rest of the team following, then fine. But if if Rudy Gay's scoring big, then that's not sustainable so outlier okay um let, let me pull up uh, somebody from the Cavs here so i want to we haven't we haven't had we've had a lot more trends than outliers um everything will continue after the first week of the season <laughs> so tristan thompson only getting four points a game trend or outlier uh, you know, okay, I'll go outlier, but I don't think it's going to be that much. I don't think he scores double figures, but I mean, I think I, he's I probably so going to finish around seven, I think seven or eight max. And I'm not sure, just judging from the minutes he's playing so far, if he even gets over 10 rebounds, which which is weird to say, but... Uh, I mean, he wasn't you know, over 10 rebounds last year either. I mean, it's, no, it's, no. He, he, he ever averaged 10 rebounds a game? Yeah, I think he did yeah. a couple of years ago, but he picked it up a lot in the playoffs. So, yeah. What do we think about this Kardashian thing? Do we, do we talk about that thing? Really, that, is, that, is, that is that trend or outlier? I just, <laughs> oh God, I hope it's an outlier. Jeez. I just don't want that to be a thing that I have to like think about or a word that I have to hear when I talk about the Cavs. Yeah. It's like, so of course I bring it up. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> like it's but, just, you know, it's the old. Uh, 
it's the old adage, why do rock stars marry supermodels? Because they can. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, I mean, she's a very attractive woman. Um, you know, is whatever, if he makes like, her really happy, great. You know, if she makes him happy, great. I, I don't understand it, but it's not my place to. So as long Fair as enough. he continues to produce on the court, uh, you know, I don't really care, but it, it does seem a little, it, it seems a little, uh, far-fetched for us uh, homespun Midwestern folks so the, in, here in <laughs> Northeast Ohio. So he, I don't know. So in answer to your question, no, Tristan has never an, averaged over 10 rebounds a game. In 12-13, he had 9.4, although he did average almost 12 uh, points that year. So, and I yeah, don't right, think, yeah. he, like you said, he's going to get over, uh, he's going to get over double digits. So, uh, yeah. and Kyrie Irving right now has four assists per game and uh, an assist-to-turnover ratio of 1.5. That assist-to-turnover ratio, uh, trend or outlier? Uh, you know, I'm going to have to say trend because I, I don't see his, his assist picking up that much because I think he's going to play mostly as an off guard or like just as a combo uh, with the way that the offense functions. And so I, I can't imagine him averaging five or six assists and I don't think his, his turnovers are going to go down that much. Um, so I'd lean toward trend with the hope for yeah. an outlier, I suppose. Yeah. I think he'll have a few big assist games that'll kind of push those numbers up, but I, I don't, I don't see even the four assists, I, I don't see him averaging over five assists a game. Um, now, that being said, LeBron James ten assists per game, trend or outlier? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go trend. Yeah, me too, man. I, I really, I think, I think he decided he's like, I want to do the magic season. I think he's, I think he's gunning for for double digits. Yeah. Okay, watching these foul balls from the Cubs, <laughs> like the guys making these great catches, but oh, just you see that guy hanging off the wall. Playing, yeah, playing patty cake with each other, like what? <laughs> just yeah. elbowing buddies. <laughs> yeah, it seems like the tribe had that one shot, and then they are throwing up some putrid at bats. <laughs> A lot of pop ups yeah. on the outfield or on the uh, foul ball yeah. territory. It, it, it's a little ugly, but hey, the tribe have shown that a one zero lead is all they may need. So hopefully, hopefully that right. continues. Um, In Tito, we trust. Sorry? Yes, in Tito we trust. So, uh, your 2016 Cleveland Indians, trend or outlier? Are they going to keep it going? I think, yeah, man. Yeah, which is just weird. I think they're going to win it. It's, and uh, I think, you know, I don't believe in curses that much and blah, blah, blah. Only it would lend... Uh, some credence to the curse for the Cubs curse that, that they finally make the world series and it's the year of Cleveland that beats them. Like that would just be, <laughs> it'd be kind of wonderful. So, you know, I don't want to curse anything myself, but I don't have that kind of power. So I'll say it easily. Uh, yeah, I think, I think they take care of business. I, I think so too. I've never seen a pitching staff this and not wanting to put a jinx on it or anything, but this dominant is—it's just really, 
unbelievable the way that they can if you get them through six innings the the rest of the the bullpen seems to just be able to take you home so and and not want well, to put a jinx that's on the it, thing but, too is yeah the whole staff that's the thing that's crazy about it the staff i'm like yeah okay they're not using all the guys but the fact that it's such a balanced you know between relievers and and back end closer and you know this this attitude of how we're going two times through the rotation or through the lineup and then and then handing it over to to the to the relieving like to the bullpen. I mean it's just Francona has has embraced sabermetrics and not letting guys go third time through the lineup and getting them out. It, it just it's it's beautiful to watch it's such smart baseball and have it be from the from the Indian side. Like it's just the anti the anti-slugging Indians of the '90s, and it, it's kind of poetic to watch. Yeah, no, I mean it. It's it's really pretty amazing. You looked at the '90s and the 2000s, and even the you know the early 2010s uh, was really the steroid ace era of baseball, and now it's back to pitching. It feels like you know you don't have these inflated home run totals, you don't have these ridiculous hitting numbers. And you, the pitchers are dominant again. Yeah. Oh. Well, I really did just put the jinx on him. So. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll see in a couple minutes. Uh-oh. So. Yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm a little behind. Why does does Brian Coyart here? Uh, I, <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny that fact, but yeah, he does. So. Uh, I think it was another first pitch fastball. So, so you can all castigate me for that one. That was that was totally my fault. So, I was I was uh, feeling my oats a little bit on the Indians. So I have to I have to apologize for that. So, uh, any other uh, stuff you want to talk about in terms of the association or the Cavaliers or the Cleveland Indians or just anything at all? You know, I really think we should focus on the Browns because they're still the most important team. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just I think there's, there's got to. It's going to be fun to see what kind of. I mean, you know, it would be great. The Indians. I want them to win as quickly as possible, but it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if they do win it, and so we can back away from whatever jinxing we, we may have done a minute ago. If they do win it, it would be great to do it at home and have, have Cleveland be able to celebrate it on, at home. Yeah, I don't really care. I just wanted to win. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, man, I figured that one. I, uh, the symptoms, you know, Dakota. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. shit. So, um, <sighs> yeah, so my, uh, my big takeaway, I've uh, been listening to a new album by a band called The Moon Doggies. That's the one I'm going to pitch. It's a really great kind of Seattle uh, blues, stoner rock, uh, jam band, uh, just with just really excellent melodies and harmonies. Uh, reminds me a little bit of uh, of Neil Young and uh, Crosby, Seals and Nash, but uh, rocked up a little bit more. So that's that's my new album is the new Moon Doggies album, and uh, just you know living the dream with uh, the Cavs and the Indians, and it's it's been pretty fun so far. So. That's all I've got as we part. You know, we don't have Pestak here to tell about his roofing or his, his home improvement 
uh, projects, whereas Rocket League, I'm I'm a lot more boring than he it is. is so. <laughs> Rocket League, okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, I guess. Sorry, go ahead. I guess I'll plug a uh, uh, an album that is also kind of just coming out is, is Gusto. I think I talked about them a while back. But they're uh, a guy from from Amsterdam and kind of what used to be just considered cool, kind of like Zero Seven. If people know Zero Seven. Um, but a little bit like jazz fusion stuff, like jazz pop fusion. <laughs> so Gusto with, with O's. Cool. Um, oh, the other he thing. Just, he just laughs. He just laughs at jazz pop fusion. <laughs> 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 I, anytime I think jazz fusion, I just think jazz odyssey and uh, think Spinal Tab. So uh, okay, Tom. I'm not not all right, all right, maybe maybe I got to figure out a better way. Maybe he himself would be like Ben. Why are you describing my stuff as jazz fusion? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry, man. Sorry. Bro. So, uh, so what was his name again? <laughs> the, the, he goes by his group name is, is Gusto. G O S T O. Okay. Okay. Cool. It's and good. Google that stuff, man. Good. Google it up, world, internet world. Interweb should could go find them, dude. It's good stuff. Okay. And that Moondoggies album is Don't Be a Stranger. And the big thing that I got to pimp right now, Cavs of Blog t-shirts. Uh, sign up for oh, yeah. this, this week. Uh, are you getting the V-neck, Ben? Yes. The, the V-neck. I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting whatever whatever I can get. I want okay. it. I want it. Well, sign up because uh, you got to sign up to get them, and we need to we need to get sizes. And all you need right now is an email address and the size that you want to get. Uh, we're trying to get enough quantity together that we can get a discount. So we're not taking money yet, but uh, sign up, put your put your size in, put your email in, and we'll get them printed up. And we're gonna have some some pretty excellent T-shirts. Uh, we got a black V-neck in honor of the Cavs championship jerseys that they were wearing uh, when they won the title. And then we've also got the old school, the royal blue and the hot orange from the uh, 80s that uh, they, Tom Pestek begged me for. So we made one and I think they turned out really well. And so we're real excited. Uh, a lot of work in these uh, went work went into these over the summer uh you all listeners picked the nicknames uh i didn't agree with all your nicknames but i i loved the involvement uh we got canadian dynamite on there uh we've got the russian victory cigar on there uh we've got the king and uh uncle drew and Love and champ and rj and jr and uh and just uh all those calves of course delhi uh you know, Mozzie, all the Cavs that you love from last year. So it's a great way to celebrate your 2016 champion Cavs and uh, celebrate Cavs a blog. We're not making any money off this, but we are uh, kicking a little extra to my boy uh, Klein Siegenthaler, who did the logo design for us and uh, and helped me with all the design elements of it. So uh, that's where all the proceeds are going. So uh, sign up early. And uh, get your sizes in so that uh, we can get a good order in. So, uh, thanks for listening to another edition of Cavs of Blog podcast, or as Tom Pesek likes to call it, Cavs of Podcast. And it is now one-one with runners on the corners, and oh, and uh, no outs in the fourth. So I really did officially jinx the Cavs. So my sincerest apologies, <laughs> or not the Cavs, the Tribe. My sincerest apologies. So uh, 
Let, let's hope the uh, tri- the tribe can get out of this inning and uh, and bring home a win. Uh, because you know what, I've learned from being up or down three one, you close it out when you can. So go yeah. go tribe, <laughs> go Cavs, go tribe, go Cavs. Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blogs podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite blogger. Fire. Lost your home. Lose your partner.